0: good to be together. We have a lot of our folks gone today at a retreat, father-daughter and retreat, and that's always a great time when the dads get to be with their daughters, or other times of the year we have dad, father and son retreats, and we pray that it is making better families and better relationships, and we're so glad that they get to be involved in that, but we're also glad that you're here today, and that we get to keep going in our series that we've been doing about walking alongside with King Jesus. And how important this is to imagine what it was like for Jesus and what it was like for his followers to walk along with him and just hear Jesus talk. And just all at once, you know, he would see a field and start talking about why it is a field under harvest or whatever he would say and illustrations and stories we have and those we don't have. And there's one I want you to hear this morning, this is from Luke 8, and just listen as I read this morning, actually you realize the original, the original audience just heard the word rather than read the word, and I want you to hear what for many of you will be a familiar parable, to others of you it may be the first time, but I want you to hear this, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable, "'A farmer went out to sow his seed. "'As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. "'It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. "'Some fell on rock, and when it came up, "'the plants withered because they had no moisture. "'Other seed fell among the thorns, "'which grew up with it and choked the plants. "'Still other seed fell on good soil, "'and it came up and it yielded a crop "'a hundred times more than was sown.'" When he had said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What he's saying is, everyone needs to hear this. So this is an important parable, and Jesus is always speaking in parables, and sometimes parables are kind of difficult. You know, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. You just wish your spouse would just say it the way it is, right? Don't beat around the bush, especially sometimes men have issues with this. They just need to hear it straight, not any nuances. Just tell me, right? Well, Jesus speaks in parables, which is not just straight, but more in these parables. So why would Jesus speak in parables? It seems like that could be kind of difficult sometimes, but he tells them why. And the verses right after what we just looked at in Luke chapter 8 and verses 9 and 10 says, his disciples asked them what this parable meant. And Jesus said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others, I speak in parables that those seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. That sounds kind of odd. Jesus is not wanting some people to understand. That seems really confusing now today he wants us to understand but you remember the context in which he was in that he had people that wanted to kill him he had there was a the jewish culture was against him because they didn't understand him and they wanted to kill him so what they're looking for is not for truth but they're looking for sound bites You know this still goes on today, right? So they just want a soundbite here and a soundbite there. And finally, they will get enough soundbites together that they will arrest Jesus. And then you remember what happens. They take him to trial and they have a little piece of the words are right, but the meaning behind what they're doing is wrong. And finally, they will arrest Jesus, cry Jesus, and then send him out to be crucified. And it's not time for that yet. So Jesus says, for those people who really understand, I want you to get it, but for the rest of you, not yet, not now. Later on, he spoke much more straightforward as his ministry went, but not at this point. And he wants them to know that the truth is for serious followers. Folks, if you want to be a serious follower of Jesus, he wants you to dig into the Word of God and to see what he's saying. He wants you to study it and know it and apply it that this is for serious people, disciples of Jesus, that want to know the word, that want to know what it says, and not just at some cultural level, not just at some high level. Yeah, I'll say I'm a Christian. I'll be able to put that on a forum somewhere or whatever. No, this is for us to really know who Jesus is, who God is, and how to follow him and how to put him first. Now, you might have noticed in that that reading that there were four prepositions. I'm sure you all noticed that. I didn't know Notice that myself, I had to read about somebody else. They noticed the four prepositions, okay? I am making the English teachers in this audience happy right now. I am teaching to you right now, okay? There are four prepositions. You notice that the seed, some fell along the path. It's along the path. And some fell on the rock. And some fell among the thorns. And then there was that fourth one, and it was the seed that fell into the ground, that that's along or on or among it's going to die but that that falls into the soil that is what's going to live so this idea of being in the soil is something that's really important to this illustration that that Jesus is giving to understand what he wants and so he gives this illustration they would have understood now understand when we think about about planting things today if you're a farmer been a farmer grew up on a farm or just have a garden you probably think of rows and you know you plant each seed or you have a machine do that but that's not the way it was done they would put a bag over their over their neck and then they would stick their hand inside the bag and then they would throw those seeds out like this and so you have seed following following everywhere so he said some of it's going to fall along the path some of it's going to fall on the rock some of it's going to fall among the thorns And then some of it is going to go down into the soil. And he's going to explain all of that in the next verses in Luke chapter 8 and verses 11 through 15. This is one of the few parables that Jesus just comes right out and says this is exactly what it means. Personally, I wish he would have done it every time. But if he had, I'd have nothing to preach about, right? So here it is, verses 11 through 15. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. And then he said, The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries Riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, they retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. Now, do you see, therefore, he explains it just as easy as can be. You've got people who are going to hear it and not do anything with it. You're going to have people who hear it and they do a little bit with it. And then you have people, it's really going to make a difference in their lives and make a difference as to who they are. And he tells us, the seed is the word of God. We don't have to question, we don't have to allegorize or try to figure out who is the seed. No, we know the seed is the word of God. And there is nothing wrong with the seed. So when you see this seed being planted and seeing this seed being sown... You understand that there is nothing wrong with the seed itself. Now, I have planted a few things in my life. Not very often. I'll get a wild hare and decide that I want to plant something. And it doesn't come up if I plant it usually. And, and I figure it's because the seed is bad. And somebody sold me something bad, right? But probably it has a whole lot to do with I didn't prepare the, the ground. And I didn't water and all those other things. Just the other day, I decided I wanted to plant some blue bonnets. And so I ordered them off the internet, and they came in, and I read just yesterday, got ready to to plant them, and it said, you're to soak the seeds for 24 hours. I'm thinking, who has time to soak seeds for 24 hours? You know, just go out there and throw them outside your door, and they'll grow, right? Well, there's something to all of that. And so when he talks about evangelism, talks about sharing faith, about outreach, whatever kind of word you want to put on it, He's saying maybe there's something to this seed in the soil that that the word of God falls on. When sharing our faith, we need to know that many, many, many people are going to reject what we present, and it is not because of the word of God itself. The seed is great. There is something else that is causing the issue. Now... Sometimes we don't use the right words to understand that. Our timing may be off. I get all that, but that's not where I'm headed today. I believe that right now, from what I see, there is a really good, what I'm going to call a vibe that's going on here as far as evangelism goes you know vibe is kind of a, a, a an important word right now in our culture there are, people are talking about there is a negative economic vibe in the united states that even if it looks like things are good and we could we could debate that but there's a negative vibe toward things that people just don't feel good well there is a positive vibe at memorial church of christ and there is a positive vibe towards sharing our faith and in, in loving people in to know Jesus. Not to just be mean to people or anything like that, but to love people and let them know this peace that passes understanding that so many people here have. We have young folks that are being baptized into Christ and we have adults that are being baptized into Jesus. We have folks walking through our doors every single week that are saying, especially since COVID, that are saying, I just want to know more. I want to know about you. I want to know about what you do. I want to follow Jesus. What do I do? It's Something like really we haven't seen in a long, long time. Folks on the internet are finding us in different places. Someone just the other day said, I've been watching you since 2013. I mean, it's good. We have folks that are involved in World Bible School that are helping. And some of those studies are in the United States. Many that they do by correspondence or on, on via their computers with folks in Africa and folks in India and other parts of the world. We have a vibrant prison ministry where people are going into the prisons and telling people about Jesus and baptizing people into Christ. There are some good things. One of our couples, Travis and, and Giovanni Bonet, spent two weeks of their vacation, one week going to Kentucky, literally literally going door to door to tell folks about Christ. Then they go to New Mexico on another week and do the same thing, to tell people about Jesus. There is this good vibe. But let me tell you, many people that we talk to about Jesus are going to reject the message that we have to give. matter of fact, in the parable, 75% rejected in this parable. Three out of four of the places where where the seed lands, people say no. I don't want, maybe they want it for a little bit, but not for very long. So it's important to remember, if you are one that is out sharing your faith, telling your neighbors about Jesus, telling your family about Christ, whoever it is, understand that many will reject what you want to share and what you know is the power that can change their lives, that's going to happen. So we think about the path, for example. It's the hard ground. People hear the word and they reject it. Sometimes when I think about the path, I think about literally a path. I think about the Katy Freeway, if we were to put up a big billboard. And we've done that before. Most of the people that would see that billboard, and it may have truth, and be wonderful, inviting, have the best colors, the best slogan, whatever. Many people who drive by that will just keep driving, never give, give it any thought. They're never going to call the number. They're never going to look at the QR code. They're never going to do that. They just keep going. They don't care. They might even say, why is a church wasting their money? But there may be someone in the midst of all that that sees that that says, yes, I want to know Christ. I want to know more. So it's not a bad idea. I'm just saying, though, that's kind of the path. When people see it, they hear it. People will drive by this building every day. And it means really nothing to them because they're on that path. Their hearts are hard, are hard. Then there's the rock. The rock's another one. People who hear the gospel. They hear about Jesus. Oh, this is great. Let me come. Let me be baptized into Jesus. Let me be a part. Oh, I want to be a part. And they're so happy and so excited. And we're so excited for them. And we all rejoice. And then they just slowly walk away. They're just like those little plants that grow up in your in your driveway they come up and then they die and that's what it happens sometimes we we are we are proud new gutter owners at our house we have new gutters on our house and we have a two-story house and those gutters are way up there and we couldn't get up to the gutters there's a plate glass window and then there's a the was a gutter and I mean we had over the years, we had like trees. There was a sequoia tree, a red, redwood growing up in one of those things. I mean, they're huge, the, 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 the weeds that would grow in them. was really no way to get them out until finally we changed the gutters. But you know what we knew? They would grow and grow and be an embarrassment, and then they would die, and they would hang over, and they would be worse than they were when they were alive. It's kind of what it's like seed on the rock, in the rocky soil. Oh, it starts to grow. It looks like you got something. And then there it goes. It's dead and it's gone. And then there are the thorns. Oh, the thorns. they people who reject while dealing with life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And if you notice what the scripture said about them, these are folks who get it for a while. They may be with you for six months or a year or 10 years or 20 or 30 or 40. But what it says is life's worries riches and pleasures it starts snuffing them out so that they never mature they never become strong never what they were intended to be oh i think you might know what i'm talking about with life's worries riches and pleasures the thorny soil is what gets many of us at one way or another you know I wake up every morning and I lean over and get my telephone out and I may wake up, I'm in a great mood and you know I had a good night's sleep, I only woke up like nine times so that's really a good night's sleep and, and some, you know what I'm talking, talking about, just sometimes I wake up and, and so I look at my phone, I'm happy. Maybe I'm even singing that old song that Curly sang, you know oh what a beautiful morning And there, I try not to look at the news, but then something pops up that someone's put on, and there's the news. And before I have even brushed my teeth, I'm in a bad mood. Before I even even have eaten breakfast, I realize, oh no, this is terrible. And now I'm all worried. Maybe, you know, some other nation did something bad overnight or I didn't hear about it. Some politician said something I don't agree with or whatever. And all this happened and now I'm worried and oh, so now I have the worry and then I think, oh no, what is this going to do to the stock market today? Life's money, right? Life's riches, And oh no, if the stock market goes down, that might mean that that we can't go on that trip. Or that might mean that we can't retire early. Or that might mean we can't build that house or whatever. And all at once you see tied together in one moment life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And what snuffs out the Spirit in us is that. When we let those things become stronger than Jesus... When we let those things overpower us. Now, of course we have opinions about politics. And of course we have opinions about the economy. And of course we don't want bad things to happen. And of course we all would love to have more money than we do now. Of course, that's obvious. But then some folks say, Lord, I've been praying to you for years. And now this is what my portfolio looks like? I'm not going to pray anymore. I'm just... You know what? I got to work more. I want to work more because things aren't going so well. So now I don't have time to go to church on Sunday or especially not Wednesday. I'm not, you know, and, and so I'm just going to work more. And that's really what I need to do right now in, instead. And we start drawing back a little bit. I'm so mad, Lord. I'm so mad. I've, I've, I've even volunteered to help in the two-year-old class and now things are like this. I don't understand, Lord. And so we withdraw Because life's worries, riches, and pleasures are the thorns that are taking us out. That is not at all what God called us to be, but instead to be people that mature past the thorns, past the rocky soil, and it is a constant battle to keep them out. Let me tell you, there is not an age that you just arrive and now everything is fine. Every age group deals with these things. Every age group is prone to worry and to issues about money and to issues about pleasure. Every single group. All we do is is we change what those worries are and what those money woes are and what those pleasure woes are. Every age group. For those of you who are more seasoned in the audience, you know exactly what I'm saying. You had issues you worried about and things you thought about in your 20s that made you worried. And then you had them in your 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and so on. But we all struggle with this. This is universal for all humans. As I've talked about before, when our, when sometimes we just, when we're young couples, maybe we pray, oh, we want to have children, and we have children, and then we worry about our children, and we pray about our children, and we're worried to death about our kids when they're little. But you know when you really start worrying about your kids, it's whenever they go off and they leave home. And then that's whenever it really gets, gets big, especially if they live far away. Because you're not there when they're sick. You're not there when they have, they have marital problems or, mar- or money problems or whatever. And then it just keeps going. So we always struggle with these things. But what we always have to recognize is we recognize, that, we recognize that the thorns are not from God. The thorns are from something else, from the devil, from ourselves. And we stay focused on God and do not let that change. Now, let me say this to our sowers in the audience. Those are folks who are sharing your faith. And what I hope is and pray is that every one of us, in one way or another, not that you're sitting down in a Bible study with someone, that'd be great, but that in one, by the way you act at work and by the things you say whenever you're with your friends, that you are pointing people toward Jesus, that in some way you are sowing, I want to say don't expect immediate results. People are not going to say, oh, look, I've got to change my life immediately because you just quoted John 3.16 or Acts 2.38 or whatever. That's not going to change people. And even if they do, don't expect as soon as they come to Jesus for all at once, for everything to be perfect in their lives. It's not. It doesn't work that way. It takes a long time. And we continue to grow. We never reach a place where we say we have arrived. If we say we have arrived, we are only fooling ourselves. You could, if the people were honest around you, they would tell you, no, you haven't arrived, and they could tell you all kinds of things because none of us have arrived. It takes a long time to get where we want to be. We keep working toward that, to be like Jesus. But sometimes... When we are people who are sharing our faith with others, sometimes what we want to do is just go from person to person to person. I want to baptize you, now you can grow up. I want to baptize you, you grow up. Baptize you, you grow up. And we don't realize the time it takes in order for all that to happen. Let me explain this with pancake syrup. (laughs) Not that I buy a lot of syrup. I have a couple times in my life, obviously. Here is one time I did. And so I don't know if you go to the grocery store, if you, maybe you buy yours online, the same thing would happen, but if you go to the grocery store and find the syrup, up on the top usually are these kind of, these kind of containers. This is the good stuff. This is like $15 or $17 to buy this for your pancakes. Is that not the dumbest thing you've ever heard of? Who in the world is going to spend that much on their pancakes, right? I'd never do something like this. But here's a more common brand that a whole lot of you probably have this morning. In uh, You might have even had it this morning, actually. I don't know. But you might have this in your pantry. This might be what they have at IHOP or somewhere. I don't know. It tastes pretty good. But I, I just started thinking, you know, it's like $3 for this bottle, even with inflation. You know what? Why in the world would you spend like $15 or $17? I mean, ridiculous. And so I started reading about this one. I mean, what's in this maple syrup? And this maple syrup, the first uh, ingredient is corn syrup. I thought it was maple. And then high fructose corn syrup. And the third ingredient is water. And the fourth ingredient is cellulose gum. I do not want gum in my syrup, right? I mean, and then it has all other kinds of things, some, some natural and artificial flavor, caramel coloring, because I don't know if you know this, but the darker the syrup, the better it is, the higher grade it has. They have graders for maple syrup. I had no idea about all this until I started studying. Then there are a bunch of words I've never heard before. Wow, that has all the letters of the alphabet. I'm positive in that one word. And so you have this one. And then I started reading about this kind of maple syrup and about how they do this this is called premium vermont maple syrup so i started reading about how they do this so if the folks who make this syrup along with a lot of others that make those expensive ones on the top aisle on the top on the top row they go out and some of you have probably done this before seen it on tv they go out into the forest where there are lots of maple trees and so then they drill a hole and if they're really going to do it the ancient way they'll use a hand drill to do that and they'll put this little tube, this little metal tube, into, called a spile, into the, the tree. And then they'll hang a bucket around that metal tube, and then the sap comes out of the tube, it com- comes out of the tree. You've probably seen this before, and, and it looks kind of interesting. And in a day, a person can do about 50 trees. And if you are really fortunate, you will get 35 to 45 gallons of sap from those trees. Pretty amazing. So then you take all that sap and you have a big vat that is on over a fire and you start pouring that sap into that big pot you have and then you wait and wait and wait. One of our members came up after early service and said they'd done this and said you cannot believe how long you have to wait in order to get any syrup at all. And so you wait until finally the water goes out of it, the sugars change, it all becomes it makes into a syrup, and then you after that you start straining it, pouring it out through a strainer, and then back into a strainer, and then out through a strainer, back and forth, back and forth, until finally, hours and hours and days later, your 45 gallons of sap yield one gallon of maple syrup. So I looked at this to see what the ingredients are. You saw, remember all those ingredients in that one. Ingredients, Vermont maple syrup. That's why it costs so much. Wow. You know, if you are a connoisseur, this is not what you want on your pancakes. This is what you want on your pancakes. You know, and also, as I was telling someone, you will lose weight if you use the more expensive syrup because you will use less syrup on your pancakes. <laughs> but it made me think about disciples of Jesus. Sometimes we've got these watered-down folks that just quick put it together, tastes pretty good, let's go. But what we all really should want to be is this other one. It's pure. It's what God wants, pure work goes into this it's time it's work in some ways you might even say it's money but it takes something to get there so don't expect immediate results in your own faith or in the faith of those people that you work with because it takes a while some of you may say you know what i shared my faith before somebody i told my friend i told my neighbor i told told my spouse whoever and and nothing so i'm not going to do that anymore now, don't expect 100%, okay? Out of the four types of soil Jesus talked about, only one was responsive. ultimately responsive. Don't give up. Don't stop that. Use the best method, methods possible. I mean, try to do what is interesting to people and what's true to the scripture. Do that. But realize that people aren't rejecting us. Whenever they say no to you, they're not rejecting you. The seed is the word of God. That's what has been rejected. So don't take it personally, but realize that there's something else going on here. And also, don't burn the bridge when it's all over. If you do have a chance to talk to someone about Jesus, maybe in your family or someone at work or or in your neighborhood, realize that they may be ready later to know Christ. Things may happen in their lives. There may, be, there may be crises in their lives that make them open to wanting to know more about Jesus. They may get married, and that makes them want to know more about Jesus. Maybe they get divorced. That will make them want to know about Jesus. Maybe they'll have a baby. Whatever it is, make sure that you leave the door open so that maybe that soil later on will be fertile so that they will be ready to know about Christ. So I've got two questions for you today. One of them is what kind of sower am I if a, if a person were, were to say at my workplace or in my office or, or home or, or in the community or even among church folks, hey, what kind of person do you think David is? When David leaves the room, are people closer to Jesus or farther away? Are they happier or, or, or angry? You know, does he bring up the mood or does he take it down? What is it like? I'm sowing one thing or another. What am I sowing? And I pray that what I'm sowing is Jesus. So what kind of sower am I? And then for the us as well, because we're we're not just sowers, we're not just sowing, but we're also growing. What kind of soil am I? Am I making that fertile soil so that the word of God can penetrate so it can go into me so that I will know Jesus? Am I doing that? Or instead, is my heart like a rock? Is my heart where the word of God is not penetrating and all I can think about is how do I get out of this place? What we want to do is to be like Jesus in every way. We want to put Jesus first in our lives. We want to help you. We want you to have the peace that passes understanding. Not that we have all the answers because we don't and not that we live the answers we do know all the time because we don't. But we want to do better And we want to help you do better. And we want you to help us. So if you are ready to be baptized into Jesus, today is the day to do that. And if you say, I don't even really know what you're talking about, find me in the foyer and we will start talking about those very things. To be like Jesus. To have our sins washed away in baptism and in its place receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Others of us, we just need prayer. I just need somebody to pray for me. Well, come forward. We'll all pray for you. Or write to us at Elder's at mcoc.org and the elders will pray for you and if you tell them to make it public we'll all pray for you again we want to be closer to god than what we are we want to be good soil and we want to be good sowers come this morning as we stand and sing